Okay, let's get started with Parshas Truma, Tav Shin Ayin Ches, as we uh, had a one-week uh, hiatus last week, but uh, we are back. Parshas Truma, and we start off the second half of Sefer Shmos, and though sometimes we say, oh, now it's not the stories anymore, and we kind of uh, get into a different mode, but we have to look at it as this is the, high, this is the goal. This was the goal of the entire Maisabracious for Akadish Baruch Hu to be able to have a place to rest to Shechina amongst Klal Yisrael. And that's how the Sefer ends. We have Shumat Tetzava, Vayakab Akudeh, and the last Sukkim of Akudeh, which the Rambana, as we know, calls Sefer Agu'ula. The ultimate Gu'ula is when Akadish Baruch Hu's Mashra, his Shechina, in a place where we could connect. And, uh, therefore, as we get through the details and the nitty gritty of the Binyan Mishkan and the Kalim and the next couple of Parshios, we have to, uh, glean the nuggets that we can in the, in the, uh, through the stories and through the descriptions that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. <coughs> so we'll start off, uh, we'll have one thought at the end, uh, Rosh Chodesh Adar, which is, uh, which is tonight as well, but, uh, we'll start off with uh, a thought from Rishlom Kluger in his commentary on Chumash in the Imre Shefer. He quotes the Medrash. We've discussed this Medrash in the past, but it's the Medrash at the beginning of this week's parsha. Of course, let's just start, read the Psukim, Hashem says, Tell Bnei Yisrael, V'yichuli truma, me'ez kol isha she yidvenu libo, t'chuath trumasi. Right, take from each man, take the, uh, the, the uh, money, take the shkolim, different types of uh, collections that Rashi emphasizes, take the truma. Says the Medrash, line number four. Ki lehadahu d'chsiv, ki lekach tov nasati lochem torasi al-tazovu. Do not leave my Torah. Al-tazovu es ha-mekach shenasati lochem. What does that mean? Do not leave the Mekkah. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael. Line seven. Macharti lachem Torasi. Kaviyachol nimkarti ima. I sold you. I gave you the Torah, but it's as if I'm, I came along with the Torah. I am nimkar with the Torah. Shenemar v'yikhuli truma. Take for me, with me. I'm going with. Mashal Melech. And what's the mashal? The Medrash gives Lamelech Shayel Obasi Chida, a king that had an only daughter. An only daughter whom he loved very much. And it was time for her to get married. And there was a prince that came to, to marry the daughter. And the daughter was going to go live with the prince. And the king had a, had a difficulty because he obviously knew that she had to get married. But he also knew that he didn't want to leave her. So what does he do? He told Ishto. The prince wanted to take her back to his land that she could be the queen. Amalaisa, the king says, Biti Shanasati Lacha Yichidasihi. She's she's an only such a unique special child. Lifrosh bimena eniacho. To separate from her, to not be connected to her, I can't. I can't deal with it, says the king. Lomar Lacha Titla Eniacho. To say that you can't take her, I also can't say that. It's not good for her. Lafishi Ishtacha, she's your wife, she has to get married. Elazutova Aseli, I have an idea. You could take her, but do something for me. Wherever you go, build a little extension on your house. So I can come and visit whenever I want. Build me an apartment. Build the Saba apartment. I can't, I can't leave, can't leave her. So fine, you can take her, but you know what? Please, uh, build me an apartment. That's the mashal. What's the nimshal? Hashem says to B'nai Yisrael, I gave you the Torah. To separate from the Torah, to totally give you the Torah, I can't, I can't deal with, says Hashem. Right? We know the Gemara in Avodah tells us Hashem learns Torah every day. So I can't give you the Torah without 
being connected to it. But also to say that you can't take it, I also can't. Because I know this is the purpose. This is my idea, says Hashem. Take the Torah, but please build me a place wherever you go so I could come and visit. Build me a Mikdash, maybe build me a Mikdash inside of you. Build me, we'll get to Beis HaKnesses, but build me a spot that I could come. That's the Mashal, that's the Nimshal, the daughter is the Torah, and Hashem can't bear to leave. A lot has been said about this mashal. Let's see it this year in the words of Rav Shlomo Kluger. Ora, line 21, I don't understand. There's not an exact parallel between the mashal and the nimshal, says the Imre Shefer. Why? In the mashal, the king and the daughter are two different people. If the daughter goes, the king's not there. And there's a separation. And the daughter can't be in two places at one time. So, there's a problem. But what does it mean? Hashem says, I can't bear to have the Torah leave me. Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is Malech Valaris Kvodo. What does it mean that Hashem's gonna, the Torah is gonna be taken away from God? Number one, Hashem fills the entire world. So, so what does that mean? The Torah could be above, the Torah could be below, right? So, so what's the, what, what, how does the mashal connect to the nimshal? Right? A Kaddish Baruch could have the Torah in Shemayim, a Kaddish Baruch could have the Torah in Baaretz. So what's the connection? Amnam says the Imre Shefer, he connects to two different sources that we've discussed in the past at various times. But he puts it all together into answering and giving shot to the Medrash. Ma'od amku There's a very deep idea here in the Medrash. The kavana gedola kivnu And Rishlomo Kluger says that there's a deep message here. What is the message? He says it's based on the Ran. Based on the Ran and the Drashos, and based on a Gemara in Shabbos and above Abbas, above Metziah. The sugya of Elu ve'elu divri elokim chayim. He quotes the Gemara in Erev and Andaf Yud Gimel. What does that mean, Elu ve'elu divilukim chayim, that there could be machlokas? And he quotes the Gemara in Baba Metziah, the fascinating machlokas, we discussed this a number of months ago, the Gemara that has a machlokas in a halacha tzara'as, and the Gemara tells a story that there's a machlokas between the Masifta, the malachim in Shamayim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's a machlokas, and they say, who are we going to ask? We're going to ask Rabbi Bar Nachmeni? Like a very unusual Gemara. And we paskin against what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. The Kesev Mishnah points out it's the only time we paskin against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What exactly does that Gemara mean? So the Ron explains. Or let's even back up to ask another question. To ask another question, which he's going to answer a question that we asked, I think, maybe even a few weeks ago. The Gemara in Shabbos and Peches. Remember the Gemara, the Malachim do not want the Torah going down to earth. And the Malachim say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Right? What, what is an, a human being doing here? And they don't want the Torah to go down. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, the Torah is not shayach to you. You don't go out of Mitzrayim. You don't have parents until the angels have to have to give up. And again, the question that all the Mepharshim ask is, what was the Havamina? What were the angels thinking? That the Torah was going to go up to heaven? And what? And if it goes down to, to, to earth, the Malachim can still learn Torah. Right, the question is usually asked, what was their havamini to keep it? But he asks from the other side. So let Moshe Rabbeinu have the Torah, and they'll also have the Torah. Right, so, so what exactly is, 
is going on here. Again, it's the same kind of question. What does the mashal mean that Hashem has to give up the Torah and have that mashal of the daughter and Hashem says, I'm going to come and live with you and the malachim, okay, the malachim also have the Torah. Says the the Drushas Haran. Again, others say it, but he quotes it from the Ran line 40. Because of Aranzal. Dehine seichel elokis v'seichel enoshi enon shavos klau. Very often, heavenly intellect, as he calls it, and earthly intellect aren't exactly the same. Right? This is one of the approaches in Elu Ve'elu, Divri Elokim Chaim. There's multiple levels of truth in the world. Ramosha Feinstein discusses this in his introduction to the Igris Moshe. Right? There's Emes Lahora'a and Emes Amita. There's a truth that a rabbi, a human being, comes up with after going through all of the sources and coming to a decision. And then there's Emes Lamita, this, the Emes that, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would know in Shamayim, that, that uh, he sees through his heavenly lens. And there's different level types of truth. And says the Ran, it could be that if there's some type of heavenly truth that says Tahar, but or Tame, the opposite might be what the Posek comes up with. And what did Hashem decide to do? He said, I'm giving the Torah to human beings. I'm not keeping the Torah in Shemayim. What did that mean? He says, I am deciding to go by the human truth. I'm deciding to go by, right? Right? As the Gemara says. The top of the second column. We have to go by what we decide. Right, not what's what's told to us from heaven. And Hashem gives them the power and the obligation to go by what they decide. Right, all the stories that the, the angels used to come to the Vilna Gon to want to give him the secrets, and he says, "I don't want to know from you. I want to figure it out myself." Because Torah is not about getting a gift, but it's about figuring it out. Right, even if ultimately there's a certain level of truth, a type of truth in Shemayim, that says otherwise. Still, we go after human intellect. Line 7. Even though there are different views, they both have validity, and the one that the human being comes up with is what we have to follow. And says... The Imre Shefer, that's what the Malachim were bothered by. Of course they could still learn Torah. As the uh, Midrashim talk about, that the Malachim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu learns Torah. Torah is not a this-worldly entity. Torah is one of the seven things that was created before the world was created. It's metaphysical. Says the Imre Shefer, the Malachim said, we want to be in control of the MS. We want to determine the ultimate MS. That's what they were upset about. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no. It's the MS of the Seichel and Ushi that's going to win the day. And that is why the Torah, the ultimate fulfillment of the Torah is by human beings creating the MS. The Kasha, right, you see in the, in the left side. As we asked before. Why can't the angels also learn Torah? If Reuven learns Torah, then Shimon can't learn Torah? No, they can both learn Torah. So if human beings can learn Torah, why can't angels learn Torah? 
No, vim kein hachanam eitzam alachim. Hakav shenitna Torah liYisrael b'kol makom gamim yichon leidas haTorah lekaima. But he says, not according to our idea. Once the Torah is given to human beings, it has a certain character. The Torah is for people. Hashem did not create the Torah for animals or for angels. He created it for us. Dafka. And once the Torah was given to us, that means we help define, as the Gemara says in two places, right? the Masra HaKasav HaChachamim. That's an extreme example, but the, the Chachamim have the right to define the contours and uh, interpret the Torah for us to all to understand. If this is the case, then, now we can get back to the original Medrash. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I give the Torah, I can't be away from the Torah. So what does that mean? Why is that like the daughter? Me'ata Navol on the bottom left now. Divriya Medrash Anal. Yes, Hashem gives it to human beings to define, to figure out. As Ramosha Feinstein says in that, in that introduction, as long as they are honest in their opinion and they go through the, the sources with Yerat Shamayim and, uh, and Mora from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a fear and, and an intrepidation of the Mesorah, Right, obviously you need that, but if one goes through with all the proper process, says Kluger, even though it's decided by human beings, there has to be some type of siyata deshmaya involved. Hashem can't divorce, so to speak, the heavenly truth totally from the. Posek. And that is why we know many Mepharshim explain, I'm saying this, Bisyata Deshmaya. Or the, the different times that we've shown him use the phrase of Sod Hashem Lireyav. The Gemara says that Hashem helps them figure out a level of truth. Even if it not, might not be the ultimate truth, but it's a level of truth. Because if it's a human being plain without he- any heavenly intervention, says her Shlomo Kluger, then we might not even get to any level of truth. Turning over. Without any heavenly help. So then, right, if you ask any post, if you ask a Ramosha Feinstein, if you ask a Chassam Sofer, they would be the first ones to admit, Hashem helped me in my search for the truth. They felt that siyata deshmaya. They felt that, that heavenly hand on their shoulder. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, has to go with the Torah, though he gave it to human beings. So that, he says, is the Prat of the Medrash. The Torah is the daughter. Hashem says, I can't give you totally and be separate from it because the world can't exist that way. I'm, it's going to be determined by Loba Shamayim He. It's going to be determined by human intellect. But with the help of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that is what Hashem means at the end. Build me a little house and I will live amongst you. And that is Hashem going along into this world to give us in coming up with interpretations of the Torah. Okay, that gets us started into Parshas Truma. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us in the every generation and he comes with us, Imo Anochi, right? The Shrinta Begalusa in every generation Hashem is with us, and he's in this world with the great decisors of of uh of Jewish law. Okay. So we have the Mishkan. We have the Mishkan, which is, as we know, the 
the uh, model for the Beis Hamikdash. We know the Mishkan is described in our parsha. By Yisrishon is described in Sefer Malachim. By Yisheni is described in Mishnayis and Midos. And by Shlishi described in Sefer Yecheskel. So we have all the different uh, descriptions of the Makomos Hakadoshim that we have. There was a thought from Rev Salvechik that I think I've, we've mentioned in various contexts, but I'm not sure if we mentioned it in the Parshas Truma. Maybe we did, but it is something that is worthwhile repeating because it gives us an insight into Shabbos and Yantif and Beis HaMikdash, and Beis HaKnesses. Let's start off with Shabbos. Rav Salvechik develops the idea, I didn't give you the whole piece in Shirem Lezecher Abamari, in the first volume of his Yartzeit Shirem for his father, in Chelek Aleph. Let's go through the background before what the piece that I gave you. Salvechik points out that if we look at the halachos of preparing for Shabbos, the halachos of Kavit Shabbos, it's in Perak Lamid of Hilcha Shabbos. I didn't give it to you. But um, the Ram talks about how are we supposed to get ready for Shabbos. Ezel kavod, zesh amru chachamim shemitzvah la adam lirchos panav yadavaraglov. We have to wash. Taking a shower on Friday is not just because it makes us feel good and we're sweaty, but it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of kavod Shabbos, so we could have kavana. Number two, misatef betzitzis. In the days of old, they used to wrap and garb themselves. In special clothes, clo- special clothing, or even special talitot, ta- ta- in order to get ready. The Yoshev Bekovid Rosh. Sit in anticipation. Miyachel Akbalafanea Shabbos. Getting ready for Shabbos. I think this might be a dream for many of us. An Erev Shabbos, sitting, waiting, with anticipation. Everything done with plenty of time. A dream that maybe one day could become a reality. Like if you have an important meeting, we're ready plenty of time beforehand. We're ready. And then finally the Ramam says, The Chachamim Rishonim used to gather their Talmidim on Erev Shabbos. used to go out. So what does the Ramam mention? Washing. Sitting in great anticipation and gathering in groups. Says Rev Salvechik, isn't it fascinating that there is another area of halacha where we have all four activities, the same four activities that helps us get ready for that area of halacha. And that's tefillah. The way we get ready for Shabbos is a parallel in the way we get ready to daven. Now we pick up source number three. Kshanu botkimes arbaas advarim. When we think about the four ways that characterize Kavit Shabbos, we have a, a surprising comparison. The same four activities also get us ready for Tefillah. Number one, we wash our hands before we dive. And the Ramam is very strong in terms of washing hands before each of the tefillahs. The Ramam holds even on Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av. You have to wash your hands for tefillah because it's ma'akev. But the Ramam says washing. Panav Yadav. Number two, right? We wear tzitzis all day, but we wear a talis dafka by tefillah. There's putting on a special garb for tefillah. Yoshev and Miachel sitting in anticipation. We know the Mishnah and Brachas, the Chassidim Arishonim. Right? Halavai also. We should be able to come and sit before davening a little bit to focus on what we're about to do. And let's add in the last one, gathering in groups. Tefillah B'tzibor. So what is it? The same activities help us get ready for Shabbos 
help us get ready for tefillah. Says Rev Salvechik, you know why this is? Because it's the same root intense experience. They are both an intense connection that we have with Hashem. Three times a day we get to stand, Amido Lefnei HaMelech, 25 hours a week. We have a special time where we can be connected to Hashem. Hinei line 10. Kol halachas elu benogea letfila mushtetes mushtatot al yistavar echad. Ki tfila hi amida lafnei ashchina. Tfila is standing in front of Hashem. Right? What does David HaMelech say? Tfila la'ani ki atof. Belafnei Hashem yishpoch sicho. In front of Hashem he pours out his heart. Kovid rosh. Bevade mara ba'aliyo. Right? Sitting in anticipation. Right? The Ramam says it. Right? Reb Chaim made it famous. Two types of kavana. The first Reb Chaim, second Reb Chaim, and the Reb Chaim al Rambam. But the Gemara says it and the Rambam says it. Tefillah is defined as standing before the king. That is the basic idea, even if I don't know what the words mean. I have to recognize that I'm talking to Hashem. Ketari Yakavani, he quotes the Rambam. Shifanes libo mikala machshavos. I turn my heart away from all other thoughts. V'yireb atzmo ki'iluhu omeid lefnei ha'shchina. And I view myself as if I am standing in front of the Shechina. That's why I have to sit a little bit before davening to get me in the right mood. And that's Shabbos too. Shabbos is Amidu Lefnei HaMelech. Shabbos is a day that is all, all 25 hours. Right? Someone, someone pointed out that we don't say goodnight on Shabbos. We don't say goodnight, we say good Shabbos. It's, it's Shabbos. It's not night. It's not, not, there's no night on Shabbos. There's no darkness on Shabbos. It's Kulo Or. Shabbat Shalom. We mentioned uh, last week or two weeks ago. Right? Everything comes together on Shabbos in perfect harmony. The Gashmis, the Ruchnias, it's Shalom. It's Shabbos. It's all because we're in the palace. It's all because we're Amida Lefnei HaMelech. That's Shabbos and that's Yantif. Sorry. It's Yantif too, but it's the same type of experience. But now we move on to Yantif. And how do we get to Truma? That's what we're getting into right now. Says Rev Salvechik. So this is the Shabbos experience and this is also Let's extend it, the Yantif experience. They're Yemei Kodesh. But ask Surah Salvechik the questions, which would then get us into Parsha's Truma. Why are there differences between Shabbos and Yantif? Question number one, yes. I'm not going to read everything inside. Question number one, ask Surah Salvechik. Why is it that we have Kabbalah Shabbos, but we don't have Kabbalah's Yantif? Right? Sometimes we go into Yantif and we're like, oh, we like miss it. Right? We want it. So but obviously we don't have it for a reason. So why do we have Kabbalah Shabbos and not Kabbalah Yantif? Question one. Question two. This is a question Tosfus already deals with. Why is it that Yantif breaks Avelus while Shabbos does not? Every Shiva has a Shabbos. Right? Seven days. Yantif, though, if somebody's sitting Shiva, Yantif breaks it. Why? So Tosfus explains because Yantif has an idea of Simcha. There's a mitzvah of simcha on yantif. Simcha is yantif. Shabbos only has oneg, according to many Rishonim. It doesn't have simcha. But that just begs the question. Why is there simcha on yantif and there's no simcha on Shabbos? So why is there Kabbalah Shabbos, not Kabbalah yantif? Why is there simcha yantif and not simcha on Shabbos? One final point, I think he mentions, I don't remember, is the Hagos Lamonios, who mentions that my yantif clothing should be even more expensive than my Shabbos clothing. Even nicer. Why is that? Yontav is better than Shabbos? No. Shabbos is the source of all Kedusha. Right? Shabbos is the Makar. Says Rev Salvechik. So now we go, let's go to 
Which we pick it up from. Says the line, line, uh, the second part of source number four. Says Rev Salvechik, to understand the difference between Shabbos and Yantif, we have to understand the difference between Beis Hamigdash and Beis Haknesses. A shul is obviously modeled after the Beis Hamigdash. That's Parshas Truma, the Mishkan, the first Mikdash, Vasuli Mikdash. The Gemara says, Mishkan is called Mikdash, Mikdash is called Mishkan. And it quotes our Pasik, Vasuli Mikdash. And the Pasik in Yechezgel, that a Mikdash Ma'at is a Beis Haknesses. But there's, there's, so there are parallels between them. The Mishnah in Meseches Megillah tells us, right, he quotes it on line three, Beis Haknesses Shacharav, even a, be- a shul that has become desolate still has kedusha. You can't walk through a shortcut even if the, the shul is not there anymore. Shenamar and the pasuk is quoted regarding Beis Hamikdash. There's kedusha even though it is desolate. So there are parallels between Beis Hamikdash and Beis Haknesses, and yet we know that there are differences between the two. We all wear shoes into shul. When we went into the Beis Hamigdash, we did not wear leather shoes. Kohanim did not wear shoes. But what's that? Because why don't we all take off our shoes before we walk into shul? There's obviously a difference between the Kedusha. Or, the Mishnah Bracha says, our money belt was left outside when we went into the Beis Hamigdash. We all take our wallets, not going to leave it outside, so what's the difference? Says Rav Salvechik, and this is the secret of everything. The secret of everything. Let's go to line 31 towards the bottom. The secret of everything, the Gemara in Brachis has two words to explain why the difference between Beis HaMikdash and Beis HaKnesses. There is Halachas, line 31. There's light on the whole, um, on the whole topic. A shul is like a person's house. What does that mean? Ma beso akapandaria kapit inish. Arakiko minalo kapit Just like on your, in your house. You wouldn't let somebody take a shortcut through your living room to get to their house. But you would be makpid that if their shoes are dirty, you'd take them, you'd take them off. I'm sorry. You would, you'd be makpid on a shortcut, but you wouldn't be makpid on shoes. So to a shul. A shul is compared to a house. What does that mean? A shul is like my house? Explains Rev Salvechik. Explains Rev Salvechik. A shul and Beis HaMikdash and Beis HaKnesses are both places that we meet Hashem. But conceptually, the difference is who's the host and who's the guest. Beis HaMikdash is Hashem's home. That is the place, as we learn in this week's parsha. Vasuli Migdash Vishachanti Besocham. When it comes to Beis Hakneses, Beis Hakneses is, so to speak, our house. Beis Hakneses is where Hashem, we build a house for Akadish Baruch Hu, and Hashem comes to us. Hashem comes to visit us. And that is why, Lahavdil, just to give a mashal, if I would meet the president in my living room, that would be different than meeting the president at the Oval Office. Right? It'd be, be, be a different experience. A little more relaxed in my house, in my living room, than in the Oval Office. That's the difference between Beis HaMikdash and Beis HaKnesses. 
both places where we meet a Kaddish Baruch Hu in an intense fashion, but who's home and who's the guest? Says Rev Salvechik, that's the difference between Shabbos and Yantif on a conceptual level. Let's read his words. The next page. Source number five. Source number five. Or first, let's read, finishing up, Sometimes Hashem invites man to his home, the Beis Hamikdash. And man is the guest of God. We're in God's house in the Beis Hamikdash. Other times, Hashem who fills the whole world. Your raid Mishmarabod comes down from heaven. He comes into man's house, which is the shul. Beis Hamikdash, Beis Haknas is both flowing from our Pasik, Vasuli Mikdash, Vishakati Basocha. And then he says in the next paragraph, Laar Rayon Zeeshlomar, Ki Oso Ahabdul Chotzeit, Spain Shabbos Liantif. Yantif, as we know, is connected to Beis Hamikdash, Mitzvahil Regel. Shabbos is compared to Beis HaKnesses. On Shabbos, we welcome Hashem into our lives. Kabbalas Shabbos, because we are being Makabel Him. And there's no, there's a special simcha on Yantif, because that's when we go into God's home. And there's even higher levels of, of, um, you know, price of clothing. And there's a simcha that breaks Avelus. It's happy, it's wonderful, it's amazing, even on Shabbos. But there's Oneg. It's a different experience. It doesn't come that often that we're invited to Hashem's home. Yantif and Mikdash are not that often. Once in a while. But Hashem Kavua always comes to us every Shabbos and every time we are in Shul. Line at, or towards the bottom. Shabbos is totally different than Yantif. Shabbos Shabbos is not connected to the base of Mikdash at all. Right, we had Shabbos in Mara, way before we had the base of Mikdash. Hashem rests his presence in man's Rishus. Ha'insof, the infinite. The infinite. The ultimate act of Chesed Hashem is mitzamsem, somehow minimizes himself in order to be able to rest his presence in our home on Shabbos in Ashul Bechulu. So that is Beis HaMikdash, Beis HaKnesses, Shabbos and Yantif, something major that's really, this is a thought that we could say any single Parsha Shir of the entire year, because it has to do with Shabbos and Yantif, Beis HaKnesses, Beis HaMikdash, but it is especially apropos to Parsha's Trumah, what we talk about Beis HaMikdash and Beis HaKnesses. Okay. Two major thoughts to begin. We haven't just begun. We're in the middle. Now let's get back to the beginning of the Parsha. One or two other smaller, not smaller in stature, just smaller in quantity in terms of the space on the sheets. So Hashem says to Moshe back to the beginning of the Parsha. Take for me Truma. The word Truma as we know, is a mitzvah later, found later in the Torah. We give truma to the Kohen. Right, we take off, no shear mentioned in the Torah, but we give truma to the Kohen. The word truma means laharim, to lift up. But here's where truma first comes up. V'yikhuli truma. 
Says Rav Zevin, in Latar Lamadim, Truma Shorasha Rome. The Shorash of Truma is to lift up. Something's lifted up. What is lifted up when I give Truma? When I give a donation, I am giving a Truma. Nitan Khan Koach Miuchar Li Israel. There's an amazing magical element that's going on here. To the Jewish people, it was given. By lifting something, by, by volunteering something, I'm giving something to the base of Migdash, I have uplifted its status. It is now holy. When I take truma, what have I done? I've taken something that was chulin, and now I have made it truma. I have made a kodesh. I have uplifted its existence. Its essence. And what does the Pasuk say? All types of physical materials could be uplifted. All these physical elements. Anything that we give could be lifted up when it's used for Kedusha. Anything, anything that we give. We could also, he doesn't mention it, when we give our time to someone, we sanctify our time with chesed. We sanctify our our smile by giving it. And then he says, Ke'enze, quotes from the famous Kotzker, Va'anshe Kodesh Tihiyunli. Holy people be, says the Kotzker, I don't need holy angels. I have enough of those, and angels are holy. Man is made holy. Anshe Kodesh I don't need you to be angelic. Live like people. But then he adds on one other amazing, simple, obvious element, but it needs to be mentioned. When I give truma, I not only have uplifted the item that I give, but through that act, I have now affected everything else that was left. Before I give truma to the Kohen, everything is usher to eat. It's tevel. Once I give truma to the Kohen, that is uplifted, but I have also affected the rest of my entire field and grains and the supply by making it now mutter. Ukeshem shebetruma shal the act of uplifting and giving truma to the Kohen doesn't only work for itself. Also to what's left. Beforehand, this usher to eat. And truma matters the entire Kri. So too, when I give truma to the Mikdash, it's not only giving, making what I'm giving holy. But even what's left is affected and gets a new status. When somebody gives staka, then the money that they don't give gains an element as well. Because now I'm acting in an appropriate way what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given me, the whole package. Every mitzvah that I do, it's not only what I give, but what I don't give also, also is effective. 
And he quotes, that's what we say in the Aftorah for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, which we are not going to say this year. We miss it by a day. Midei Chodesh B'chadsho, Midei Shabbos B'Shabbato. Every Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos, Yavocho Basar L'Hishtachavos L'Fanai. What does that mean? Klomar Yesh Be'adam Shnei Chalakim Ruach U'Basar. Even the Basar comes to be Mishtachaveh, says the Pasuk at, in, uh, that we read in the Haftorah at the end of uh, Yishayo. Nishma Sachayim, Atachlis Hasofit, Shel Torah, Vumitzvah, Silo Shapel, Atar Gamas Chelak Abasar, Avabisha Basar, Mitivo Notel, and Yonim Shachumis Vagashmias. Even the Basar comes to be Mishtachaveh. That's what happens when we give Truma, it even affects everything else that is, that is left. So v'yichali truma, we have to give a lot of truma in life, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's effort, whether it's anything. But that sanctifies what we did, and it also sanctifies what is left in our, in our, um, by us. Somebody asked me last week, you have something for a simcha this week? This is, this is, uh, you know, any talk about any type of family member that sanctifies their lives and giving. So this is what could be used, among other things. Okay. Moving right along. Okay, we got to speak about the kalim. There's no mishkan without what's in it. So we have the first kli, the first kli after the going through the raw materials, as is described in the beginning of the parsha. Chelas argaman tolashani shemen lamar besamim avne shoham avne miluim all the all the materials, and then we get into the kalim, and the first, of course, is the centerpiece of the entire mishkan, and that is the aron. The Aron with the Luchos inside. V'yasu Aron atzei shitim. Make for an Aron. Amasayim v'chetzi arko. Amav v'chetzi rachbo. Amav v'chetzi kamaso. Two and a half by one and a half by one and a half. We discussed in the past how it's amazing that they're all halves. They couldn't come up with a whole one. Everything is two and a half by one and a half. You never learned everything. V'tzipiso so zahav tahar. And you shall go over it. M'bayiz m'chut tzapenu. It should be gold on the outside, gold on the inside. Four golden rings on the side. Machlokas in the, in the Mepharshim were the rings on top, were the rings on the bottom, meaning was the Aron above the shoulders of the carriers or below the shoulders of the carriers. Right, different pshatim. You put the bottom, you put the poles in, um, in the Aron. Great. Then on top of the Aron, the cover of the Aron is the Kapores. Make the kapores, along with the kapores, connected to the kapores are the kruvim. It's all miksha, it's all made out of one piece, with the wings open. And that is described in the, uh, the Aran. But if you look, focus at the beginning, one phrase that I did not mention, the Torah tells us that the Aron also has a zer. The Asisa alav zer zahav saviv. What is a zer? Zer is a crown. It has a little crown on the outside. Rashi says, Kemin keter mukaflo saviv lamala misvato. That's a keter going around the top of the Aron. Shasaharon achitzon gavoa menaprimi achalo lamul ovi akaparis. This is zer. And we know the Gemara tells us that a zer is not only on the Aron. There are other Kalim that have a Zer also, which we'll get to, Be'l Hashem, in a minute. 
But first, the Gemara tells us in Mesechah Megillah. If you look at source number eight, the Gemara in Megillah. Many of the Minnak to learn Mesechah Megillah before Purim. So the Gemara in Megillah tells us on that feud. Amar Levi Davas Emesaris Biadena Miavoseinu Makom Aron Eino Min Hamida. The Makom of the Aron did not take up any space. This was a miracle. It went into the Aron Kodesh Hakadoshim, but it didn't take up any space in the Kodesh Kadashim. Right? If you do the math. It was difficult to figure out how the Kruvim fit and the Badim didn't take up any space. But it was miraculously in the Kodesh Kadash. That's what the Gemara says. There were other miracles regarding the Aron also. It carried the ones that carried it, um, etc. Asks the, this new, uh, so it's safer, the Torah's brisk. A couple of, there's a couple of, uh, Svarim out there with all the, uh, Torahs from Reb Chaim and the Biskarov and the whole family. So in one of the collections of the Torah's brisk, I saw it in two, but this is one of them. Why Dafka did the Aron not take up any space? There were many magical Kalim. The menorah was also a pretty cool Kli. Right? All the goblets and the Prachim and the Kaftorim. But only the Aron. What about the Mizbeach Hazav? What about the Shulchan? Right? The bread. The bread stayed fresh the whole week. The whole week they took it off. It was hot just like it came out of the oven a week later. Why Dafka the Aron? So, the, um, here, the quote from Reb Chaim, the Torah's Brisky quotes that we know that really there were three Kalim that had crowns, and those three crowns were Keneged, the three crowns discussed in Perkei Avos. The Mishnah tells us in Perkei Avos, and the Ramam quotes it in Hilchas Tama Torah. Yisrael. Three crowns, the Jews are crowned in. Keser Torah, Keser Kahuna, Keser Malchus. Three crowns. Right, Kahuna. Torah and Malchus. Kesar Kuna Zachabo Aaron. Kuna Aaron God. If I'm not a Kohen, tough luck. I could dive it as much as I want, and I'm not going to be a Kohen. I'm not a Kohen. My father's not a Kohen. His father, if it doesn't go back to Aaron a Kohen, tough luck. Right? Aaron's crown, so to speak, excluded others. Shinemar Vaisalol Zarachara Briskuna Salam. Kesar Malchus. Zachabo David. David Amelech was Zochit to the crown of Malchus and his family. And Malach HaMashiach and all of his descendants. And again, that crown excludes others. If I'm from Zvulun, I could wish to be king, but I'm not going to be the king. Right? Only Yehuda. Shneemar Zarol Olam Yeyev Kisok Hashem Eshnegdi. Keser Torah, Hari Munach Vaomedu Muchan Lakol Yisrael. But the Keser Torah, the crown of Torah, does not exclude anybody. It's open to all. It doesn't matter who our father or mother who they are. Shenemar Torah Tzivalanu Moshe Morasha Kihilas Yaakov. Everyone. Shema Tomar Shosomak Sarim Gdolimi Kesar Torah. Unless you say that though Kahuna and Malchus are stronger or better than Kesar Torah, says Hashem, no, Kesar Torah is Olah Gabay and Kesar Torah is the greatest. Says the Torah's brisk. As we know, the three Kalim that had crowns, the Gemara Yuma tells us, the Aron, the Shulchan, the Mizbeach HaPnimi. The Aron, that's Kesar Torah. The Shulchan and the Mizbeach HaPnimi, they symbolize, as he quotes, Shulchan symbolizes food and Parnassah, that's Keser Malchus. The king supports everybody. Shulchan is the Osher and Gedula. And the Mizbeach HaKtores is Keser Kahuna, that, that crown. Says the, and as, as we just explained, t- left side, Yeshchilak bin Azocha b'Keser Kahuna o Malchus l'bena Gozal Keser Torah. Right? David, Aaron, they exclude others. 
He, everybody could get it. But my gaining in Torah, that does nothing in terms of limiting your power to gain Torah. Right? As a matter of fact, the more Torah I share, the more Torah I gain. Just the opposite. The more I give. Right? That's why the, um, the more, the more I, the more it's available. Maybe, suggest the Torah is brisk, maybe that's, that's what's alluded to. The makam of the Aaron doesn't take up any space. Right? The other, uh, Kalim, the other Ksarim, it takes up space. And if this is here, nothing else could be in this spot. Kesar Torah symbolized by the Aaron. There's plenty of room for everybody. Doesn't take up any space. And that's Dafka why Hashem did this miracle to teach us this, that Kesar Torah is open to all. You can fit a hundred Aaron's in there because it didn't take up any space anyway. And that is the message of the, of the three crowns and the fact that Makama Aaron, Eno Min Hamid. Okay. Perachafe Pasik Tezvav. There are a few mitzvos in the parsha, separate from the mitzvah of Asuli Mikdash, a building a base of Mikdash. What we just read, towards the end, the Aaron had badim. The Aaron had staves or poles that went through on the side, and there is an iser to oraisa to remove the poles. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs not to remove the poles of the Aaron. In past years, we've discussed hashkafically what's the message. We had a Nitziv, I think, and we had uh, other, uh, other Mepharshim, Sefer HaChinuch, what's the message? But I like this year just to focus on one interesting, just what's shot of one line of a Gemara? There's one line of a Gemara that the Mepharshim wonder, what does it mean? The Mishnah tells us in Meseches Makos. Interesting Mishnah. You could do one act of plowing and get five Averos. One act of plowing. I take my plow, I push the plow with the oxen, five Averis in one second. What five Averis? Says the Mishnah. Source number nine. I'm sorry, eight Averis. Not five. Eight Averis. Shmona Lavim. Number one, I put two different animals on the plow. Right? Shorin Achamor. So that's Kilai Behema. Vemukdashin. They happen to be Karbanos. So, the Isra of Meila. Bikilayim Bekerem. And I'm plowing Kilayim. Right? There's, there's, uh, Tvua and, and grapes in that I'm plowing. Ubishvias. That happens to be Shemitah. The Yantif and it's Yantif. Right? It can't be Shabbos because then you're Chayim Misa. Right? Yantif is Malkus. Right? So Yantif. Vikoain. Vinazir. Bebesakvaris. And he happens to be a Kohen and a Nazir in a cemetery where there happens to be this vineyard with this tua growing. So pile it on. All these Averis you get at one time. So it sounds like the Mishnah is trying to come up with as many Averis as possible in this one act. So the Gemara goes through another five possibilities. Why didn't you mention this one? Why didn't you mention that one? So one of the lines the Gemara mentions is maybe at the time that he's plowing, he removes the Badim from the Aron. That would be an extra Avera. So the Mepharshim are wondering, how do you do that? 
How do you remove the badim from the Aron when you're plowing in a cemetery with Kileakarim? How does that happen? So, machlokas between the Ritva and the Arach Laner. Says the Ritva, and this is a Chiddush Gadol, the Ritva gives us an insight into his understanding of the Isser of removing the badim. Probably an understanding that we would not have thought of. Says the Ritva, source number 10. Pirish. You took out the badim an hour ago. You took out the poles. And now you're using them and you're plowing. Says the Ritva, that's called plowing. You're getting an Avera for it. What do you mean? You did the Avera an hour ago. No, says the Ritva. Over mishumlo yasuru mimanu. Says the Ritva, every second that you don't put it back, you are in another violation of removing the badim. It's not an act, it's the result the Ritva seems to understand. The Isser is, you are responsible for the badim not being in the Aron. And every second that you still have that responsibility, you're getting an Avera. It's not a one-time thing. Even if you're not being nana, you're not getting a hana, but that's, that's the Avera. And the Arach Laner says, what? The Torah says, don't take out the Badim. You know what that means? The Isser is taking out the Badim. Says Rabbi Yaakov Atlinger, the Arach Laner, source 11, right there. This is in Makas Chavbeis. Lo Ivanti, Midayin Lo Markain. What does that mean? Lo Nigmar Halav, Be'esas, Sheheser Viziach. You get Malchus. You did the Avir right when you took it out. What if I took it out and a second later put it back in? I did the Avir already. What, I get 10 Malchus if I count 10 seconds? I disagree with the Ritva. Right? That, that's not the case. That can't be the case of the Mishnah, of the, right, of the Gemara. Vulule Pirusho says the Arach Right, were not for his pshat, uh, pirush, I would give a different shot. That's not our, that's not our case, that's another one. But he says, two lines later, No, the, the case is that the Aron is right next to the cemetery, and as you're plowing, you know, at that second, you, you're pushing the bottom out of the Aron. And that's, that's what it is. Which is a, like, the Ritva might say, since when is an Aaron gonna be near a cemetery? That's even like, more unusual. But either way, we see, conceptually, there's a machlokas, mefarshim here, a Rishon and an Achron, you know, what exactly is the Isser of removal of the Badim? Is the Isser the responsibility of, of it being out, or the act of removal and taking it out? Machlokas between the Ritva and the, and the, uh, and the Arachlaner. Okay, there's another idea also, which I, it's source number 12, we're not going to go into. Number 12 talks about, what if I only removed one of the badim? Not both. Is the Avera taken out both or one? The Ramam says one. It discusses why that is, because it's still not carryable, even if you just take out one. And the whole point is that you can't carry the Aron if you don't have the, um, if you don't have that in there. Okay. Uh, let's skip now for a moment. We'll come back to the Bear Yosef if we have time. Uh, well, let's skip for a moment to source 16. I'd like to do one thing on, you know, Lakavit Adar. Tonight is the first day of, uh, Lamed Shvat, uh, Rosh Chodesh, um, Adar, as we get into Mishinichnas Adar. 
There is a thought quoted in the Berachayim uh, that applies to really every holiday. Every holiday that we go into, and then we'll get into Purim specifically for a minute. But it's really, he quotes Rameer Shapiro. Rameer Shapiro, who gives a mashal about how we have to appreciate every single special day that we have on our calendar. And again, the more we prepare for it, the more we appreciate it. But he says, uh, the Rameer Shapiro used to give the following, used to give the following, uh, mashal. Let's give the following mashal. Pam Halach used to go and collect for his yeshiva, the Chachmei Lublin. Pam Halach levakesh kesa meyasher echad vachasher nasan lo nesina hirgish goner meyer shino meim chumasa kvikocho. Right, he 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 got a, a certain donation, but he felt that that uh, maybe there could be could be more given. So he tells the following story. There was a certain Rav that gave a lot of staka to many poor people. The way it was is that, you know, the, the, the simple people used to go to the Rebetzin and she used to give them Matbeak Tana Bishovi Grush. She used to give her, she used to give them uh, Grushim. As the saying goes, something little. Somebody special. Then they came to the Rav Atzmo, and the Rav gave a matana haguna, gave gave a larger donation. There was one ani that came every week to get the nadav, and he always used to get the grush. But one time he pushed his way in and got all the way into the Rav. And he got he got something bigger. But instead of being happy about it, he starts asking for more and more. So he says, what? what? You already got something extra. He says, every week you get a grush. And now you got something bigger? I don't understand. Line 14. It's a rabbanit. Regarding the rabbanit, her storehouse only has grushim. So it doesn't matter how hard I cry out, I'm just going to get another grush. It's not worth it. But you, you have zlatis. I know if I cry harder, I'm going to get another zlati. Lefi klapi madzvar mamurim. Says Rameer Shapiro, just relating it to us now. It says, on every day of the year, we cry out, and there's a certain amount we could gain. Certain amount that is in the air potentially. For us to gain from HaKadosh Baruch. But when we have special days, when we have days like Purim, when we have days like Chagim, these are days that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has already opened the treasure houses. We know the Sfarim say that the day that a nace happened, that's a day that it's inherent in the Bria that Nisim can happen that day. So on those days, it's like we got into the inner treasury already. So those are the days that we got to cry out more. Those are the days they got to realize the potential that we have. The potential that we have. And we have to realize, don't just ask like we normally ask. you got to ask deeper. you got to ask stronger. And he quotes another mashal that I've seen other places also. There were two people that were uh, um, professional counterfeiters. And one of them, uh, you know, one of them, for, th- for a long time they did it, but one of them counterfeit dollars and one of them counterfeit shkalim. He says, and then finally, after a long time, they uh, they were caught, and they come up to the judge, and the judge sends the one that counterfeit dollars to jail, and the one that counterfeit shkalim, he sends to the psychiatric ward. 
And he says, why, what, what's the problem? Why are you sending me here? I, 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 what did I do wrong? He says, you're a counterfeiter. And you could have made dollars. And you made shkalim. You could have made so much more. Lahavdil. That's Lara. But we have days during the Jewish calendar that we can ask for so much. There's so much koach in these days. There's so much potential in these days. We can't let the days go by. We can't let the the uh, the tfilos go by. We know the special koach tfilos, like the, the Mepharshim say, right on Purim, you're not allowed to say no. Right, Hashem, you're not allowed to say no. Right, everybody who sticks out his hand, right, uh, own him long, gives him the answer. That's what we have to prepare. And just to end, he ends off, he quotes in 17, right, on the drush, right, the Pasuk says in the first parak of Megillus Esther, Vayas HaMelech Kidvar Memuchan. Which means that the Melech, the Hashverish, listened to Muchan, which was Haman. But on a deeper level, as we know, HaMelech is always uh, a hidden reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whenever it says HaMelech in the Megillah. Vayas HaMelech, Hashem does... Hashem does, Kidvar Memuchan, whoever is mechin themselves, whoever prepares themselves for the day, whoever gets the most out of Purim, whoever pushes themselves to recognize this Yom Kippurim, right? So we have two weeks. We have two weeks to get ready for this uh, special day that's coming. So we have to do our best to be able to recognize it's a day to ask for great things. It's a day to ask not just for the Grushim. Got to ask for the Zlatis. We got to ask for for unbelievable Nisim and Aflos. Klai Yisrael needs Nisim and Aflos. We always need Nisim and Aflos. Hashem, we should be Zochet. Two, as we start these Chod Hagula. Remember the Rashi. Mizachas Tainis Bishnichnas Adar Mar Ben Besimcha because we have the Chod Hagula Adar and Nisan. So Hashem, we should be Zochet to Nisim Ben Herav Yamein.